The first half of 2020 brought about tremendous changes. The ESG space had its own changes to contend with, accelerating new trends and provoking major changes. That's what we saw in the ESG space. So now, what are the top themes that are dominating the agenda of ESG investors as we approach the last quarter of 2020? We'll be discussing what we see as the top three trends you should know about with Dr. Barnabas Axe, Refinitiv's Performance Director of Sales for Investment advisory, and ESG. The first big theme that we can ignore right now, Barney, is the climate transition theme. So let's discuss that and let's look at it from a regional perspective. Barney, what are your thoughts there? Hello, uh, happy to be here. Uh, Thank you for the question. So, um, of course, uh, there are going to be um, uh, winners and losers in the space. because uh, because um, it depends how quickly uh, you adapt and of course how smartly you adapt. Um, the uh, the impairments that we are seeing uh, currently, you know, in um, in the cases of Total, uh, BP, and for example, uh, according to a Evaluate Energy study um, uh, for the uh, for the U.S. Energy Information Administration, uh, that states that uh, that publicly filed financial statements of about 40 oil producers um, have shown that collective uh, write down was around 48 billion in the first quarter of 2020. Uh, one of the largest ones in, in quarterly adjustments since uh, uh, 2015. So, uh, so lower oil prices uh, and coupled with the risks um, of being a stranded asset is, is, is hopefully going to initiate uh, changes and, and the timing maybe is right to do it now. So we have the lower, lower oil prices, which that's a clear assumption I think most people would agree with. What other assumptions can we make around the shift to renewables and greener economies as we head into 2021? What are we pretty certain about? Look, um, as, as uh, uh, climate change and, and of course the uh, publicly noticeable elements of uh, climate change like uh, heat waves, uh, severe weather events are, are strengthening, of course, public push is going to be bigger and bigger. Uh, we are going to see um, the, uh, the decade of the 20s uh, with incoming uh, enforcing regulations where, where you actually have to have to make changes. And this is going to be also the decade where we see actually happening in, 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 during COVID uh, that, that, uh, that um, shares or companies with, uh, with more sustainability focus have performed better uh, during the pandemic uh, downturn uh, are, are going to uh, couple up or, or, or strengthen each other. Um, and and, and um, the main thing I think that would transform or would, would lead uh, the transformation or transition uh, to a more climate resilient future is, is, is of course, a stewardship of listed companies. Um, that would force shareholders, uh, shareholder resolutions on reporting and action, and of course, this uh, severity of, of 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 shift is going to be, um, you know, measured or or um, manifested in in the seriousness of actions. 
Um, there are a couple of encouraging trends. Of course, there are more and more communications about dated shifts away from fossil fuels. One of the one of the most sort of prominent ones uh, is, of course, uh, BlackRock's uh, uh, sense of a purpose um, letter a couple of years ago that was uh, that was also strengthened lately. Uh, the outspoken uh, change was also coming from uh, the Church of England Pension Board that stated that uh, starting 2023, the church will also sell shares in fossil fuel companies that are slow to respond to uh, global warming. Uh, you know, of course, they, they keep the door open, uh, but, uh, but these are serious commitments. And it's also interesting to see that um, in this area, uh, one of uh, an early 2020 studies uh, from uh, from the FT showed that the stewardship teams have um, increased significantly over the last three years, uh, on an average 70 percent. But for example, in the case of previously mentioned BlackRock, their kind of stewardship staff alone uh, went from uh, from 26 to uh, to 47, uh, which is which is almost doubling up. Um, so. I would believe that in the case of public companies, of course, self-interest will be coupled up uh, by the push of, of the stewardship and investment directions of, of asset owners and investment managers. So those are great use cases around the stewardship piece. I know that that definitely is going to come into play in larger numbers as we head into 2021. Are there any other sort of game changers that come to mind when we think about climate transition. When I say game changers, what is it that we are not expecting that might just happen due to other factors? Um, look, I mean, obviously, um, game changers um, are, are are quite quite rare because these are these are the these are the early bird companies, um, and of course. Uh, game changing is a both uh, is a combination of uh, of both uh, external requirements and internal motives. Um, uh, one of the one of the best use cases um, in this case, uh, going from a very dirty sort of stigmatizing um, uh, company, you know, the DONG uh, Energy, which is the uh, Danish oil and natural gas company, transforming into a uh, basically a global. Uh, wind power giant uh, called Orsted. Um, you know that's that's what we that's what we mention as a as a good example. Of course, the the naysayers, naysayers or challengers would say that um, it's easy because it was a state-owned company and all the transformation happened before them going public, and uh, the same couldn't happen in a in case of a public company. Um, you know, in France called Engie. Um, which, which actually this year retracted from from the sort of the renewables Wangard strategy, sort of um, you know, um, um, as as they saw that um, um, selling uh, coal assets and 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 net gas assets um, would would severely affect their share price. Um, so um, it's 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 obviously a it's it's a, a very. Uh, very interesting balancing game uh, between uh, between uh, externals and internals, and and of course short term and long term, and and the big winners are going to be the ones who who actually can uh, balance these or uh, come from outside. 
I love the way you put that. It's, it is an interesting balancing act when you look at long-term and short-term, as well as those internal and external va- variables and factors. Thanks for sharing that. As we move on into the second trend, we are seeing that ESG practices are being adopted in even larger numbers than before. No big surprise there. The surprise comes in, I guess, the numbers. ESG funds saw inflows of $36 billion in quarter one of 2020, and there's definitely not much of a slowdown going on. The same is happening with fixed income markets. Now, green bond issuance keeps growing, while the social bond market has soared 43%, which is just um, astronomical. So let's talk about the European Union specifically. They've recently released the EU Green Recovery Plan aimed at encouraging economic recovery in their member states, now mainly through funding and support of sustainable initiatives. Some of the areas mentioned are innovative clean technology projects and transport projects. So Barney, I'd love to get your thoughts about the future of those specific initiatives, as well as the EU taxonomy altogether. Yeah, um, let's hope that uh, that it will play out in the best. I mean, uh, in the best way possible. Um, EU is definitely uh, the leader in uh, in sort of um, a top-down approach um, for uh, in the transition to sustainability. We uh, the EU has the framework for sustainable finance that basically is the manifestation of the strategy that is uh, uh, driven by the uh, the EU Commission um, with Ursula von der Leyen at the helm, and of course supported by the ECB with their with their uh, you know uh, communiques, uh, especially in the last uh, half a year. Um, all, all this sustainable finance framework has uh, has multiple pillars. Um, a few of these are the uh, EU taxonomy that you mentioned, that is a tool to help investors understand whether an economic activity is sustainable and aims to establish a common language, which is actually kind of challenging sometimes. Uh, the other important one is the non-financial reporting directive that aims uh, at the transparency of operations, i.e. the ESG, um, aspects of of, uh, of companies on corporate level, so that decisions that we discussed earlier can be made about a company on an investing level. Uh, uh, one of the one of the other important legs, that if I call it the third leg, is the sustainable finance disclosure regulation that introduces the disclosure obligations on how institutional investors and asset managers interact. Um, on uh, or integrate um, ESG factors into their um, into their risk management uh, processes, and uh, and of course uh, there is the uh, benchmarks regulation amendment uh, that um, that creates two new categories of low carbon benchmarks. One is being the uh, climate transition benchmarks, and the other one is being the uh, Paris Agreement uh, um, aligned benchmark. Uh, the the PAP um, and and of course the um, and the latest um, packages that we have seen in the budget um, refer to can be referred to as again astronomical as you just mentioned in uh, with, with the other numbers um, if I remember correctly the number is 1.9 trillion um, that uh, that is to be spent. On, on on those infrastructure changes and um, and making sure that and that the transition is a uh, is a just transition, not just a not just a transition or not just a recovery. Sorry, it's a, it's a just recovery, not 
just a recovery. <laughs> that was uh, that was. We nice follow you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, we follow uh, you there, Barney. Oh, definitely. definitely. I, I want to get. To- and I want to get to the to the U.S., but I know we're throwing a lot of numbers, so I just wanted to source the 43% that we spoke about earlier regarding the social bond market that comes from and in investment partners. So just want to make sure that we um, folks are able to go and check out some of these numbers we're talking about. But let's head into the U.S. and even Asia. We talked about the growth, the strength that we see in with the EU. But when it comes to the U.S. and even in, in with Asia-PAC, can we expect this same sort of growth in the near future? Um, are there regulations that are being designed to support this in those regions? Yeah, I mean, um, of course, um, the two other regions are different beasts because, for example, in the States, there there seems to be a, a, a discrepancy between the, uh, the central uh, governmental initiatives and what happened on the, uh, on the public um, company space and on, on lower state or municipality level. Uh, obviously, we know about the um, and the um, uh, Department of Labor's proposal on the on the ERISA, uh, which is basically uh, states uh, that uh, uh, stating that private employer sponsored retirement plans are not vehicles for furthering social goals or policy objectives that are not in the financial interest of the plan. Um, rather, plans should be managed with uh, um, the unwavering focus on a single very important social goal, providing for the retirement security of the American workers. Now, you see that um, also what hopefully transpires from our conversation, uh, the two go hand in hand together. So if you think today and don't think about uh, in a long-term a holistic view, and you think that the oil, as um, as it's now cheap, is the is the investment of the future. But it com- becomes trended within five years. Then I'm guessing that the whole kind of long-term uh, social interest of that investment is becoming a a very serious financial, um, you know. Um, outcome as well um, so that's that's on the that's that's on the sort of the negative end I would say but on the other hand um, you know there is the um, network for um, green financial green financing system I believe the NGFS no, no network for greening the uh, financial system the NGFS which is basically a network of of um, national banks central banks and and earlier this year um, one of the uh, one of the Fed um, um, board members, directors indicated that that there might be joining um, uh, this kind of initiative. So, um, and of course, not mentioning the the other numbers that that, for example, the numbers that you mentioned around uh, around uh, uh, green financing sources and vehicles. The state is actually coming second um, as as using these um, green financing mechanisms. Not on a state, uh, not on a uh, not on a federal level, but definitely on a corporate slash uh, state level. APEC um, is 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 um, is interesting. They uh, you know uh, uh, they are coming somewhat late, but of course uh, there are um, uh, revolutionary actions going on. Uh, China, on one hand, is embracing it. On the other hand, um, you know, challengers could say that the whole uh, Bat and Road Initiative is is basically an exportation of 
of not not the most state of the art and future proof uh, technologies. So um, um, nothing is a nothing is a clean cut uh, situation in the other regions, or not as straightforward as it would seem in in the European Union, at least. So that's great. And that's a great segue when we talk about clean cut and what's uniform. That takes us to our third theme, and that is ESG standardization and ratings. I know that you're seeing quite a few developments there that are looking quite positive in terms of really clarifying those standards as well as ESG ratings. Tell us about those. Wow. Um you know, um, I think um, we actually see a uh, prolification of those. Um, um, I think we, we, we should we might see actually more coming uh, before the dust settles uh, and, 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 and we really get down to a few. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of initiatives. Uh, uh, we know already about we mean business and the science based targets. And of course, uh, uh, in the news, we see that uh, Morgan Stanley has become the first major U.S. bank to join the partnership for carbon accounting financials um, and and we are begin uh, measuring and disclosing emissions generated by businesses that needs uh, uh, assisting uh, in lending and invest and investing and um, and of course there is the uh, there is uh, for example our initiative as well uh, the future of sustainable data alliance which which is aiming uh, uh, at, at similar things, just much more broader than the than the carbon itself. Um, uh, of course, on the company level, there is the uh, the transform to uh, net zero coalition, which is which is which is spearheaded by by Microsoft. Um, and 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 of course, there are a couple of other uh, big players like Myers Danone and uh, Mercedes Benz uh, uh, membering these. Um, and um, and and um, you know, uh, these all these initiatives are are aiming at a at a specific task, uh, sorting it out on a on a slow, uh, local slash um, uh, industry level, and hopefully we will we will see uh, more holistic uh, frameworks, especially you know after after the uh, the regulatory uh, clearings, so to say. One of the holistic examples is actually uh, our uh, latest reports, the Sustainable Finance uh, League tables, that uh, that uh, that provides a view uh, on um, on the debt markets, on the um, on the ECM, on um, mergers and acquisitions from sustainability angle, and and and, and provides real insights into uh, into the latest happenings there. <clears throat> Wow. wow. So these organizations all have um, a combined focus and likely we'll see greater power because they're all aiming for the same thing, which is tremendous. Dr. Barnabas Axe, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We invite you to subscribe to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think about the podcast? Leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on our show. You can even check us out on YouTube now. Thank you for joining. See you next time.